0: Praise the Lord. Yeah, so I just wanted to highlight a few things. Um, we uh, had the privilege a couple years ago, back in 2014. Is that a couple years ago? Maybe it was 2013. Anyway, um, to, to start, start up an internship program in Michigan again. An internship program for us is a place where students can come and explore their calling through campus ministry. Um, and the hope would be that if God calls them into man- ministry, they would be already able to step in um, as, a, as a missionary with the university. So um, that was like a lot of words. I don't know if they made any sense to you. But basically, we have the opportunity to train people in their gifts and their callings, whether that goes into campus ministry or goes other places. And so we have raised up over seven people through our internship over the last eight years. And this year, we have a class of five uh, when I was pregnant with Naomi, uh, we were doing it together between University of Michigan and Eastern Michigan. We were doing a collective model of growing students and helping them in their training. And so I said, I don't think I can own this anymore. And so we put it into the hands of U of M. So if you guys know Nino Garisco, he oversees campus ministry at, at University of Michigan. Uh, go Bucks! I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, go Blue. Uh, <laughs> You know, I tell people, I know, you're going to hate me now. You're like, why are we supporting her as a missionary? And this is what I tell people. God brought me from Ohio because Michigan people need Jesus, and it's okay. But you know what? God sends people from Michigan down to Ohio because Ohio people need Jesus. Because, you know, everywhere we go, we need Jesus. And so our allegiance is in the kingdom. And you know what? If college sports divides us, we need to pray for the body of Christ. Because we have no hope. I'm just saying, let alone political issues. God help us. Um, go Rams. I don't know. Who are you guys cheering for? I don't even know anymore. So, um, right, I know too much going on. But anyway, all that to say, U of M is now owning the internship. We're super thankful. And one of our grads, uh, Alex Fiore, um, she has jumped in the internship this year. So I get to help with some of the teaching, but they do a lot of work at U of M. And there's a class of five of them this year. We're really thankful. And I just had a conversation with Alex because the internship ends in May. And um, she said, God's been stirring my heart. I said, tell me about it. And she said, I feel like I'm supposed to give another, um, I think I'm supposed to stay here and continue doing ministry. And so I said, okay, let's talk about that. And I said, would you pray about giving a three-year commitment? So she's in the midst of praying about joining us and serving at Eastern Michigan and giving a three-year term. So I'm just really thankful. God continues to send out. Um, I just had another gal who graduated two years ago, and she went and did a three-month internship in Spain. She is a Spanish major. She feels a calling to to go into world missions. And she just got back in December. She went with us to our global conference called SALT, where we bring college students together. We empower them. um, And she's like, you know, I think I need to do this long term. So she's in the process of applying to become a world missionary. So I'm just thankful from a secular university. I don't know if you guys, this makes any sense to me, but We typically think go to Bible college because you have a call in your life and then follow Jesus with that calling. But God's taking people with secular degrees and saying, use your secular degree either in the marketplace or let's use it. And God wants to take you around the world in missions. And we have seen people use their degrees and go places that people who have Bible college degrees can't get to. Um, in certain close countries. So we're just really thankful. So thank you for what you're doing there. Um, and just, uh, want to share some things that are kind of vulnerable points. And that is we're in a unique space right now. COVID has not been easy to us. Um, I went when COVID started. I was pregnant and then I went into maternity leave. Um, we had just different challenges that we've had to face. But right now, as a student organization, we're frozen on campus. So what that means is we don't have enough students who are qualified to be leaders to be able to keep an organization active. There's a lot of, uh, actually, student orgs that are like that right now because of the challenges. Right now, 60% of Eastern Michigan is in person when they're in person. Um, But the first three weeks of the winter semester was all online online. Because they didn't want people coming back from the holidays bringing all of COVID issues onto campus, so it's a very weird world to maneuver because you're gathering people from all sorts of spaces into one place. Um, they have not made vaccine mandates at Eastern; it's one of the few state schools that have not made it as a mandate. But certain places have. So if you live on campus, it is mandated. If you live, if you work, um, play on a sports team, it is mandated. Um, but it's very unique. So every day you have to go in with screenings and such. So we are really repioneering in many ways, and in our repioneering, we're learning how to do that with four kids. And so it's been a unique space, but we have a lot of vision, um, not just for Eastern, but God had put something on my heart um, as a, a young person. I wanna, I'll want i read part of it today to you uh, out of Isaiah uh, chapter 60, but there has been a burden that, you know, the reality is, is that university students are only at the university for so long. How many of you know you can touch a life, but if you really want to see impact, check in 10 years later and see how things are going? Right? So you can have really powerful stories in a period of four years where they're, if you would, in an incubator of, of community and growth and life and health and strength. But the question is, where are they going? Because our desire is that we would impact the university, but the purpose would be that they would change the marketplace in the world, the places where they're going, their communities. And so the reality is, is our, our, I'm not trying to, I think I'm just making an honest statement. We have seen impact with our alumni but as a whole in our organization we haven't seen the impact beyond college that we want to see and God has been helping us with different areas and I was so thankful because um some of the vision before I, I even knew that this was something God was stirring in my heart then I meet my husband and God is stirring in his heart like God has called us to bring transformation and so what we're building right now is something where from the university to the community to the world God would help us raise up if you would uh a means of helping people through each area. It's interesting because how many of you know when God touches you in one space, you kind of get comfortable, like, oh, I can see God using me here. How many of you have ever prayed for somebody, and now it's more comfortable for you to pray for people because you've stepped out, you've seen God move, and now you just pray for people? It's like easy. Easy. It's, like, no big deal. Um, How many of you have noticed, like, here, you're like, oh, I feel really free to, like, give somebody an encouraging word. And it's, like, this is an environment that, like, capitalizes on on growth in that way. But then maybe you get to work and you feel really isolated and it's scary to, like, encourage somebody or pray for somebody or step out. Has anyone been there? be honest, like, okay, I see some heads some hands, right. Why is that? It's because you get comfortable in one space. This is normal. This feels good. And now you got to step out into another space. It's like, how do I operate there? It feels like a foreign world. And we notice with our students, like, here they are getting comfortable, you know, sharing their faith with their peers, uh, leading small groups, stepping into all these different opportunities. But then they step back into, like, they go back home. And it's so interesting. It's so, it's a unique space. And maybe this will bless some young parents, uh, or parents of young, you know, younger people becoming adults. But it's a unique transition, both for the parent and for the student. 18 years old. Oh, I'm becoming adult, but I don't really know how to function as an adult. So I still want to kind of like enjoy the benefits of being a child, you know? But then after you get to the university and you've learned to live life on your own and you're kind of doing these things, you go back into the home environment and you feel like everyone still sees me like I'm 10. And I'm trying to become an adult, but I don't know how to, like, it's this is weird, like, how do I live this out, kind of a space, it's complicated, you know, and then... And then so say they graduate from the university, they go home, they go to their home churches. Their home churches may not give them the same opportunities. Like these people were leading Bible studies, they were on the worship team, they might have been leading worship, they might have been on our our board, like making financial decisions at 22, and then they come back and it's like, oh, hi, I'm glad you're here, enjoy the pew. You know, and they're like, but we were doing so much stuff. We were active and engaged and like, where is our, and so it's easy to just kind of fall back into like, well, this is what, this is what the expectation is here and let me just do that. Or you step into your new career job and you're the lowest on the totem pole and you're trying to like impress your boss, get to know the people around you, try to figure out this life and you were just leading people on the university. You were bold in your faith and now you're like, um, my name is Sarah. You know, like, it's complicated, right? And so we've been trying to say, how do we bring mentors? How do we bring opportunities where this is happening already? So we've been growing some people and we're developing some things where people are growing in their faith and in their community and they're sharing the gospel. And we're like, we need these people who are out in the community and grown adults, have families living for Jesus, touching these students. So they say, this is a normal transition. Look, you're impacting the campus. Look, this is a family that's impacting their neighborhood for Jesus. This isn't like a huge jump anymore. This is like guided by the hand. Here's some encouragement. Now let's go get people, you know, brought into the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Anyway, all that to say, if you would pray with us, because we're at the ground level of, of doing some new things and strategizing. Daniel has his own ministry. I've had my own ministry. And by God's grace, we're wanting to, to merge these spaces. And we've been doing that, but it, it, it's, it's a growing period for us. And so we want to lay really healthy foundations. And um, God's helping us to do that. So without any further ado, I'm about to preach. But I wanted to invite Daniel to come up and just share with you. I don't know if you guys have met him yet. And He's a gem. gift from the lord to my life i'm thankful for his leadership in our home i'm thankful for his love for jesus and i thank you for his faith he's grown us and continues to grow us and stretch us to keep going further and farther so if you would applaud daniel jackson
1: how are you doing this morning uh thank you again just for your support towards my wife and her ministry there on the campus And uh, it's just, it's wild some of the things that happen at the university. You may not be aware of that, but (laughs) they need Jesus. (laughs) Especially some of these secular universities. There's some things that go on that you just, you need Jesus. Um, Yeah, I lead an organization focused on community transformation. And it's been an amazing partnership because um, the university uh, sets up uh, people to impact the world. And I believe it's one of the most strategic places that we can actually invest in um, in the educational field to see real transformation and life change. So we can get Jesus in those, these places and the kingdom of God manifesting there. Then I believe lives um, and the world around us in the marketplace has a, an amazing opportunity to be impacted for Jesus. And so um, one thing I, I'll share. So I wasn't going to share anything. So it's like you got to say something. Okay, I got two hours of sleep last night. <laughs> um, <laughs> she just told me just a minute ago. <laughs> okay, got to be ready in season and out of season. Um, one thing I want to say is just, I want to highlight this, just, just this practical truth. You know, Jesus teaches us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? It is the will of God for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. So that means if it's if it's going on up there, it should be going on down here. And if it ain't going on up there, you know, it should be it shouldn't be going on down here. Does that make sense? And so we have a mandate. It's not just a nice idea that our cities are transformed. It's not just a nice idea that our lives are transformed, that our community is transformed. It is the will of God. And heaven is behind us, backing us, supporting us, enabling us to do what only God could do, which is to see the reality of his rule and reign impact planet Earth, you know, in miracle signs and wonders and a demonstration of his kingdom. Um, And so this is what... This, uh, let me just say it like this the destiny of our cities, the destiny of our communities are not in the hands of some unsaved politicians. They're in the hands of the church. We are God's people. We are a powerful people. And I believe that God is awaking us to the reality of this great mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You did not, there's no such thing as a junior Holy Ghost. (laughs) God is in you. God is in us. God is with us. And if God is with us, nothing, you know, nothing is impossible. What could be against us? And this we have this met day and I'll share one testimony. I turn it back. I am a preacher. So I'll be quiet because Sarah, Sarah's turn. <laughs> we were doing this outreach down in um, Chicago and we were partnering with a few hundred different churches. And so God put on my heart to like, let's go impact Chicago. And I had some friends that lived down there, and there was, um, there's all this, you know, murder and we and, and stuff going on. So we're we're like, let's let's do an outreach in the most violent neighborhoods, you know, in our nation. Let's just do that. I like to go those to those places because I believe the gospel. I believe the light in you is greater than the darkness. So let's go to the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from Come us. On. Amen. And so we went down there and we started connecting with these different churches, a few hundred churches. I connected with about 300 plus churches and we started establishing establish this 24-7 worship and prayer push and we started mobilizing. And I had this vision in my heart to see not just 24-7 worship and prayer going on as intercession because I believe in prayer. I believe that there's something powerful when you stand in agreement with heaven and God's word and God's truth. Right. And you begin to speak it forth and pray it forth. And we have not because we ask not. And so we need to ask. Right. Because it is his will. Right. And so we got that going on. And then the Lord was saying was putting in my heart 24 seven evangelism and outreach. So we were down there in Inglewood. Um, they're on the South side and we, and so we talked to the pastors and I, I'm believing at some time we're going to do this sometime, maybe in the future. We'll see. Maybe I'll reach out to you, pastor, (laughs) but I just felt like, you know, the church needs to come together. We need to mobilize. There's an army that's rising up and you're part of that army. Right. And so, um, and so we started to, and so we established for, for an entire week 24 7 worship and prayer and 24 7 evangelism and outreach. Do you understand? We had over close to 150 outreaches in a single week. Night and day, one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, on the south side of Chicago, ministering to gang members. We saw guys turn over machine guns. We said, yes, we did something similar to this in Detroit. and We had a gentleman on his way to murder somebody. And at one o'clock, not on a nice Sunday, you know, outreach at the park with some barbecue, but like in the hood. (laughs) At one o'clock in the morning in the front of a liquor store and God arrest this gentleman's heart. He was literally on his way to murder somebody and then take his own life because somebody was messing with his girl. And God and there was people that were out there that were willing to go because they heard the call and they responded with a response that said, here I am, Lord, send me. And um, and I'll just share that testimony. One last testimony with the Chicago. We had a gentleman on his way uh, at one of the outreaches um, at the parks down there, um, again, in one of these high crime areas where there's been a lot of shootings and shootings. Murders, and they we just it was awesome. They had team ex. We brought team extreme out there. All these these guys, they lift these big things, and we just got people's attention with it. And this young man was he was homeless, and he was on his way. And we got this on film, which is beautiful. They did a whole documentary on on what we did down on the work that we did down there. And um, and he was literally on his way to to take his life. Young guy, maybe like twenty three years old, on his way to take his life. He was homeless, right? Didn't have nothing to live for, and. And the church was out there being the church, out there in the community, being a light in that place. And, and, he, and so he stops, and, he, and they share the gospel with him, and he gives his life to Jesus, and he gets born again. And, and, God, and then we ask him if he wants to come and get baptized. And he's like, yeah, we want to get baptized. He says, but if I get baptized, I'm going to lose my, my place at the shelter. And God says, I got a better bed for you. And so we, we brought him there, and we, luckily we had all this infrastructure set up so we could h- house missionaries from around the nation to come in and, and do an outreach in Chicago, not in Africa, but in Chicago. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so he comes back to the base, um, and he gets baptized, and we start to disciple him from day one. Within 24 hours, he leads his first person. He leads five people to Jesus. The next 24 hours, another five. The next 20, another five. By the end of the week, he was rolling with us. He had over 24 people made decisions for Christ. We got him plugged in with a local pastor that started mentoring him. So he got off the streets. He got a job. And now he wants to go into full-time ministry. And so it's just a testimony of what God's doing. And I share that to encourage each one of us. God is calling us to dream because he's with us and have vision. Because greater is he that's within you, right, than he that's within this world. And I pray that God will bless you this morning um, with grace to dream big and to impact the places of influence that God has given you authority and ability to shine a light, which happens to be, you know, this whole world, because it belongs to you, because it belongs to him. Amen. God bless you.
0: Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Stand with me. Stand with me if you don't mind. You could have been blessed with Daniel preaching today, but you get me. So, and we got about 10 minutes. Put your hand on your heart. Say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. He has sent me. Oh, you better believe it. Say, he has sent me. To proclaim freedom. Come on, to proclaim freedom to the captives. To bring sight to the blind. Oh, you better believe it. To set prisoners free. In Jesus' name, I am filled with the Holy Ghost. I am on his mission. I will do what he's called me to do. Not in my own strength, but because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me in Jesus' holy name. You better sit down with some fire in your gut. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's truth, amen? It's truth, amen? You know, Jesus said this one thing. He said, oh, that I would find faith on the earth when I return. I have a question for you. Why are you saved? Why do you follow Jesus? what's the purpose? What's the plan? What's the desire? What's the hope? What's the future? I think this is critical for us because you know what's happening right now in this weird space that we're in, but I have to tell you it's happened all the time. It's just, I think with COVID busyness has been taken from us at some level. And so we're able to see things maybe or feel things that we couldn't before because we were so busy. That's what I believe. Maybe that hasn't been true for you. It's been true for me. And in the midst of it all, it messes with our mind a little bit. Why are we here? What is God calling us to? And where does our faith end? Because this is, I think, the challenge. When we start looking at stuff around us, you know, Peter did this, didn't he? If you're familiar with the story, Jesus said, come out of the boat. It is me. And Peter's like, okay, Lord. And he gets out of the boat and he's standing on water. Like my boys are like, look, mom, I'm standing on water. Of course, it's ice, you know, look, mom. I'm walking on water. Woo! Seven years, almost to be seven years old. They're six years old right now. Sledding is like the new thrill. They want to go sledding every day. I've been sledding seven times or six times in the past nine days. Pray for my back. Hallelujah. Um, walking on water. And here's Peter. What did he do? He took his eyes off of the very one who enabled him to walk on water, didn't he? And he began to go down. I think the challenge for us is how do we keep our eyes fixed? fixed on jesus it says in hebrews what is that chapter 12 fix our eyes on jesus the author the perfecter of our faith because here's the question where is your faith what are you believing for and I want to encourage us. Um, uh, my testimony is, is unique and I'll share it. I don't know if it's unique. It's mine. It's not yours. That's why it's unique. Um, but I grew up seventh kid in a home. My parents got radically saved like four kids before I was born. And so I grew up in a place where I was seeing God use my parents to, to pray for people. I saw healings in my house. It was really cool. Um, so faith was growing at a young age. Then my dad got struck, um, with kidney failure and, and a lot of, complications in their marriage, a lot of complications in their faith happened out of his sickness. Um, fast forward, um, you know, I was the youngest in my family. I kind of felt maybe how David was, you know, like out in the field while everyone else was doing the important things. Um, and here I am, you know, so I go to college, not because I wanted to go to college because I kind of was expected that I would go to college And then I had to figure out how to pay for it, you know. So here I am, going to college, going to Eastern Michigan. And in that space, God begins to say, I see you, Sarah. And here I am, this insecure, like, I have no clue who I am. I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm at. And God begins to speak into my identity. And it was my sophomore year. I was at an altar at Ann Arbor Assembly of God. And and God, they were singing, if you guys remember, this old revival song, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. It's upon me because he has, not I think it's you actually, because he has anointed you to preach good news. And they're singing this song over and over and we're just spending time at the altar. And all of a sudden it was like I knew from the Lord. He said, Sarah, that's not just a nice song. That's, your, that's for you. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon You. And and it's the beginning, friends, it's it's a journey. Even this morning, I was like, God, you've called me to speak today. I trust you'll give me the words to say. I believe not who I am, but I believe in who you are inside of me. Because when I look at myself too long, (laughs) oh, golly, I don't know why I do anything that I do, right? (laughs) Praise God for his grace. But it's a game changer when we know who we are in. We are in Christ Like, we need him because if we were by ourselves, friends, we wouldn't get to where he wants us to go. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't make yourself happen. That's why we needed a savior. And he empowers us by his spirit. And he wants to change how we think and how we see things. And he wants to renew the thinking that's inside of us. So much of my Christian experience, God began to bring conviction over these last two years. He said, Sarah, you fall in love with the hunger for, oh God, I'm, I'm nothing. And if you just come, oh help me, Lord, oh help me, Lord. And I think those are great prayers because he wants us to ask for help. But I feel like he's been trying to transition and say, but would you receive what I've already given you? He's already given us everything we need for life and godliness. Isn't that what the scripture says? We already have it. He's already living on the inside. So I've spent so much time in my prayer closet begging and asking and seeking for the very things he already says. Start believing because you already have it. Come on now. I want you to say right now, I already have. Say it with me. I already have what Jesus paid for. It's mine. He's given it to me. Not because I earned it, but because he gave it to me. It's his goodness and his grace. Amen. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to John chapter 3. A lot of times we look at John chapter 3 and we think of like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But there's a portion in John chapter 3 that I think is just absolutely beautiful. And it's talking, John the Baptist is talking. And he says this. Starting in verse 31, he says, He, meaning Jesus, has come from above and is greater than anyone else. Oh, thank you, Lord. All authority, Jesus said, on heaven and earth has been given to me. And then it says, We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he's come from heaven. And he's greater than anyone else. And he testifies about what he has seen and what he has heard. But how few believe what he tells them. Say, God... Um, you guys, I'm going to have you say a lot today. You guys just got to get ready for it. Say, God, I choose to believe what you have told me through your word and in my spirit in Jesus' name. Verse 33, anyone who accepts Jesus' testimony can affirm that God is true. Verse 34, for he is sent by God and he speaks God's words. Oh, this is the key part right here. For God gives him the spirit Say it with me, without limit, without limit, oh, that's a good one, verse 35, the father loves his son, and has put everything into his hands, and anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life, anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. It's what my version says here, the New Living. All right, I want you to encourage, be encouraged with this. Jesus, in heaven, knows everything. When he says, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he's praying from, he's saying this from experience. He knows the life, the freedom, no bondage, no sickness, no pain, no death, no anxiety, no depression, all of this in heaven is broken, thank you, Lord. And he came to bring heaven to earth, that we could access what he has. Amen? And this is a work of faith, to believe. And let me tell you, can I tell you what? It is worth believing. Think of the opposite. How many of you have been challenged by hopelessness and anxiety and depression, fear, worry, sickness? Those are real things on this earth, aren't they? But how many of you would, would, how many of you have seen people who've gone through sickness hope, hopeless? And how many of you have seen people go through sickness with hope? Who do you want to be? How many of you have seen people go through serious trauma and come out with faith? How many of you have seen people go through serious trauma and struggle to walk to the other side? I have compassion on both sides, but I believe God wants to challenge us to renew how we see life and to see it through his perspective. That we would say, I believe you, Jesus, and I'll hold on because I believe whether you intervene now or you intervene in a little bit, I believe it's worth keeping my eyes on you, fixed on you, for the hope and the joy that's in front of me than to sit here in a pity party when Jesus already died on the cross for it. That would be a really great place to say amen. 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 God wants to renew our thinking. This is the word I felt God wanted me to share with you, and that was that we would be dreamers without limitations. Just going to say it again. Say, I want to be a dreamer without limitation. I want to see my world from heaven's perspective. I am not on my own. I am filled with Jesus. His spirit is inside of me, and he empowers me to do everything. That he has put in my hands to do. So what does he put in your hands to do? So often, we say, what am I doing? Why am I here? I'm in the same place. I remember talking to my brother. and I was like, I don't know. And he goes, Sarah, you love to worship. I'm like, yeah, but that's not like doing anything for Jesus. It's just singing songs. And he was like, well, it's a start. (laughs) Why don't you start just loving Jesus and worshiping him? It's like, okay, I guess I'll start there. But then you pick your eyes up. What does he put around you? I'm convicted right now. I have a whole neighborhood I know needs Jesus. And I haven't gotten, um, I don't know, because I know I'm called to them. But I haven't yet stepped into it. But I know there's a whole neighborhood. Franklin is a neighbor boy. And I'm like, Lord, how do I love him for Jesus? Because he's our neighbor, and we're called to love our neighbors. How do I bring his presence into this space right here? I got two dogs. We got these dogs that are awesome. A dog sometimes run the neighborhood accidentally, get out of the yard. And I was like, I need to bless these neighbors who have cared for and been kind to us when our dogs have gotten out of our yard. You know what I mean? There is opportunity all around. The question is, what does our vision see? Daniel preached it very um, powerfully, and that is God is calling us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And my heart today is that you would be encouraged and empowered of who you are because I believe that there's a fight against your faith. And if you don't know who you are, the fight gets harder. And I believe the fight is to stay. I will fight to know who I am in Christ. I am filled with his spirit. I am empowered. I have been called. I have been chosen. And there are brokenhearted people. There are those who have been in prison. There are those who have been bound around me that need to be freed. And Jesus has put his spirit inside of me to love them with the love of the Father so that they can come into the kingdom. This is a caveat, but it is a struggle that we see in missional movements like the Assemblies of God. The struggle could be you could see those who are going as missionaries as more called than the one who might not be a missionary. And can I tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Although we are called to send those to people we can't get to, we're still called to the people we can get to. Do you hear what I'm saying? We are in the army of the Lord. We are a part of his body. We walk with him, and he has called each one of us to step into his calling. It affirms it in Ephesians chapter 4, the hope of your calling. Each of you have a hope of your calling that you've been called into, which is to become like Christ and to be Christ to others. And it comes through our relationship with him and our pouring out. I was talking to my intern. I said, it'll be very complicated for you if you see ministry as what you're doing and get frustrated because COVID restrictions and access to campus and access to students and you can feel like you're not successful because you've put the work of God into a box, But the work of God is where you are. The building you live in has an international student above you, has an international student beside you, who have children that you happen to hang out with. I want you to remember their ministry too. They're your calling because they're your neighbors. God's calling you to love them right now because they're in the same space that you're in right now. God's calling you to your family because your family is wrestling through different spaces. He's called you to be an intercessor for your family because God wants his kingdom to come into your family just like he's invading your heart and doing cool things with you right now. Because it's not just an idea of ministry. We do this, right? Well, I serve on the worship team or I serve in this capacity at church. And we say, that's my spiritual act of worship. But then we disconnect it and disassociate it from the reality that we're sent as people living a lifestyle of loving and being Jesus to anybody, no matter where we go. This is why if you're like me and sometimes you struggle with your emotions when slow drivers are in front of you or when things happen that are your patience is being... And it's with people people, it's a great call to say, wait a minute, I carry the power and the presence of Jesus. How can I bless this one who might be having a tough day? How can I be patient with this one who might need from the Holy Spirit inside of me the fruit of long suffering <laughs> to love them well right now because I want to, let's get going because my world is moving fast, right? Because everywhere we go, we embody the presence of God and we walk it out by his spirit. Amen? Amen i going to read you one last verse. And we're going to wrap it up here. Look at 1 John chapter 2. We're going to the end of the Bible. 1 John chapter 2, go to verse 20. I'm reading it in the NLT, but I, I want to actually read it in the NIV. Does anyone have the NIV? Can you say it loud? But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Say it with me. Say the anointing from the Holy One is upon me. He has put his spirit inside of me. I don't even need anyone to teach me. God help us not be rebellious. But, <laughs> his spirit abides inside of me. And enables me to do everything he's called me to do. You know what's so fun? John was speaking to the whole church and he wasn't afraid of rebellion when he said that. Because he was calling them to be in Christ. And rebellion and in Christ isn't going to work. <laughs> And it's all right to have confidence, not arrogance, but to have confidence that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, anointing us. So would you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. you got a lot of thoughts in like 12 minutes there. Daniel and I lead like three-hour services, God help us. Oh, Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord. I don't know how I sound to you. Sometimes I sit and listen to myself. I say, wow, I sound a little commando. I'm not trying to sound like a commando chick, so I apologize if I've come across a little strong. My heart is to... Um, if you could think of, of, of someone who's trying to encourage the troops before they go into battle... There has to be a little bit of strength and grit in the voice. We can do this. We can do this. God is on our side. God is with us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? The anointing of the Holy One is inside of you. He has called you and equipped you. He has blessed you to be a blessing. He has empowered you to be one who empowers others. He sees you. He knows you. He calls you by name. He's brought you close to his heart. You're near to him. He wants to fill you with all of his goodness and all of his love. And then he wants that to be poured out to others. Father, I don't know where each one is at in this room. But it's hard to receive your love if we don't even know that we're qualified to receive it. But, God, I thank you today that you have qualified each and every one of us. You came because you wanted the whole world to know you. You came because you so loved the whole world. So I pray right now for anyone here that's struggling with their value and knowing that they are loved by you. And I pray today that you would encourage them, that you see them, that you know them. You know their fears, their doubts, their insecurities, the challenges that they face. And yet your promise is never will you leave them. Never will you forsake them. You are for them, and if you're for them, no one can be against them. I pray a strengthening on the inside, that they be rooted and grounded in your love, in Jesus' name. If that is for you, just in your heart, or if you want to say it out loud, just say, I receive that over my heart today, in Jesus' name. I receive that, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I believe there are those who maybe three years ago, life looked a little different. They felt stronger. And maybe over the last couple years, they felt weaker because it's been a battle of the faith. And I pray for these ones, Lord, who um, probably have been getting hit left and right and going after it and getting up again. I thank you that you say that the righteous, even though they get down, knocked down seven times, they get up again. I thank you for giving them a persevering faith to get up again, even when they didn't want to, when they're tired and exhausted. You've helped them get out of bed and stand for another day. You've helped them to keep walking forward. Even when they don't feel like their faith is strong, you've given them faith for the moment. You've given them faith for the day. I thank you that you're an encouraging God. I thank you that you're with them and for them. And I pray today that you would remind them all over again that they have been filled and empowered by your spirit, that you live on the inside of them, that you have commissioned them and com- called them and compelled them by your love to continue to do the work of faith to love their neighbor to love their family to love their co-workers to love those in their community god i pray you would strengthen them today to know that your will is that it'll be here heaven on earth through their lives i pray god that you would strengthen them on the inside that their minds would be renewed that they would know who they are in you in jesus mighty name i thank you for just a few scriptures that we've looked at that you give your spirit without limit that you've anointed us to go preach the good news that you've called us to set captives free to bring sight to the blind I thank you that you say that that anointing on us it's real it's not a fake I thank you that what you've done in our lives is true and so father I pray right now today a new uh, impartation in their spirit of faith to say that is who I am and I will stand in that place because God is for me God is with me God is behind me and God has set a vision in my heart and I won't let it be dropped in Jesus name if that that's you and you want to receive that, just say, God, I receive that. Hallelujah. Father, I even pray right now for those who are receiving it, that you would remind them of the dreams and the visions in their heart that maybe have been stolen over the last year or two. God, I pray that you would awaken dreams and visions and hearts today in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that our small pictures would be blown up and that you would expand our horizon, that you'd expand our vision, that we would be able to see how you see our lives in Jesus' name, that you'd help us to be able to dream with you, God, that we would go after things that maybe felt impossible, but we know that God is on our side. God is with us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Father, I thank you that you're for us. I thank you that you're with us. And I pray a strengthening over each and every one in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we wrap up, I just felt the Lord say that there may be someone here who's dealing with back pain or neck pain. If that's you today, you've been dealing with some pain in your body. I just feel like I want to pray for you. If you'd slip your hand up so we can see who that is. Anyone here with back pain, hallelujah, yep, neck pain, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God wants to touch you today. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for these ones. We're going to activate you right now as believing believers. So if you can leave your hands in the air, I want those around you to extend your hands to these ones, because the anointing of the Holy Spirit is upon you, and he has called you right here to bring healing and freedom to the captives. Sickness is a captive, and we're going to command it to go in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to begin to pray for these ones and just release the healing power of God over them. Say, be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Begin to pray over them. Say, we release you to be free from all sickness and all pain. In Jesus' name, we bless you with all of heaven over your body. Thank you, Lord. Let your kingdom come here, God. Your will be done here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we command this pain to go in Jesus' name. Neck pain, you have no place. We command you to leave now in Jesus' name. We command the pain in the back. Lord, whatever muscles need to be realigned, we're asking strength to be put right there in Jesus' name. We ask for healing to come to these ones in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If that was you, you raise your hand. Just stretch a little bit. Just see what God's doing in your body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. If anyone's situation feels even slightly better, would you raise your hand right now and just say, oh, I feel God moving right now. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Anyone else? Thank you, God. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. How many of you would say it's gone completely? Anyone? Say, ooh, it's... Yes? Thank you, God. Right here. Someone's saying it's gone. Thank you, Lord. How many of you would say, I still got a little bit. I'd like God to do some more work. Anybody? It's okay. Feel free to raise your hand. I've seen three people, but I think we had about five respond earlier. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray for these ones just for a little bit more, for God to do a work. God, you're doing a work right now, and we honor you, and we thank you for that, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. So we just say full healing, full restoration. Lord, I have my hand on my own back. It's been tense today. Thank you for the joy of sled riding, but I receive freedom in my muscles today. Hallelujah. Freedom from tension and pain. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We speak to these backs to be released from pain and tension in Jesus' name. We're asking for full healing, God, for full healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Bless your name, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Sister, could you just share what God did real quick? Uh, I carry my stress in my back. It's been stressful the last few weeks. It's gone. Thank you. Hallelujah. Can we just stretch our hands? Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Hallelujah. Bless her in every way, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're carrying her through, walking her through. Thank you that you say your yoke is easy, your burden is light, that we can cast our cares upon you as you care for us. God, I thank you you're caring for her. You're carrying her. Thank you, Father, that you are carrying even the stress and the burden. Hallelujah. We bless her, Father. We bless her, God. We bless her body and her frame, God, to be strengthened and renewed. We bless her heart and the things that she's walking after. God, we're Asking that you would intervene and do miracles in her situation in Jesus' name. We're asking that you would strengthen her and her family, Father. And we thank you that you are with her, God, and that you're for her, Father. And we thank you for the privilege of being brothers and sisters to stand with her and encourage her and strengthen her. Thank you, Father. Bless her, God. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else, real quick, who was just praying, how are you feeling? Anyone else just want to testify? Anyone has the pain that's gone down? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God's doing a work. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God's faithful. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. He's good. He's good. Thank you, Father. The Lord says He watches over His word to perform it. And as you step out in what He's spoken, He will perform it. It's His promise. So whether that's over physical health issues, whether that's over uh, relational challenges, whether that's over financial issues, I feel like God wants to encourage us. Will I find faith on the earth? That we could say, God, I believe you. I believe you more than anything else because nothing on this earth has security, but Jesus does. That we would say, my hope is built on nothing less. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. For on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand in Jesus' name.